ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. So today we're talking about season two, episode 13, Engendered Species. And the original air date for the episode was April 13th, 2009. The episode was directed by Michael Lang, written by Patrick Sean Smith and Jonathan Abrams. The IMDb summary for the episode is Rusty meets a new girl. Casey seeks to resolve the problems between Max and Cappy. And Calvin has problems with a noisy roommate. The ZBZs have a new cleaner who Ashley, amongst others, finds a bit distracting. Okay, great. Let's get into it. So we open with Calvin in his room at Omega Chi. Um, And he's awoken by his roommate. He's supposed to be having sex, but it's giving Casey Max tickle fight. Like there was a lot of giggling. There was a lot of limb to limb contact happening. But I don't know if that was just the ABC family way. I'm, I'm assuming it was. But Dale is in the kitchen that he shares with Rusty in their new, their very nice apartment. I might add. It's so um, nice. Yeah. Very nice apartment, especially for two sophomore boys I will not call them men um (laughs) (laughs) and he is cooking and at first it's like sweet like he is caring he's domestic but then we realize like the eggs are certainly like not cooked enough and it's like this weird concoction and it's sort of like slops and slurps onto Rusty's plate and Rusty is like I can't do this I have to go study or like whatever he they're, they're getting ready for their first art history class so Rusty oh yeah their liberal go. arts class yeah like I think Dale says like we're going into the lion's den today we have to be fueled because oh they're gonna go take this art history class and he puts like like pickle juice or something in the eggs, like Ew, yeah. instead of corn, because he said like the recipe called for corn and ham, but he just used like spam and yeah. pickle juice. Yeah, <laughs> gross. And so his, I guess CRU is a liberal arts school. It I is guess now, so. yeah. Um, also, Dale's apron says "kiss the cook." Uh, I mean, <laughs> kind of risque for him, but we do know he's a ladies' man, right? Notoriously, so. Ashley is stressing out about making the numbers work um, with the amount of girls that they have and what their dues are now. And she's saying if they don't get more girls, then they're going to have to. And she whispers, raise the dues. And Casey is like not really paying attention right now um, because she's distracted with reading the Washington Post to prepare for her women in politics class. But she is just actually reading the um, Zodiac section, which is fine. Honestly, informative. So yeah, we're, the girls, they're in a bit of a pickle here. There's some, there's some pickle in their eggs that is the do's. <laughs> and to top it all off, Rebecca storms in back. Welcome back, Rebecca. And she demands to know where the kitchen staff is. And Ashley is like, things are too tight. We can't really afford a like 24 hour chef anymore, which it really does feel like that like happened quickly. But okay, I guess that makes sense. And then she's saying, you know, but we do have a new student worker who's gonna 
come clean. And I don't know if he like makes some snacks or something like he hangs out in the kitchen, but he should be here soon. She's like, he should actually already be here. And as she's saying this, um, in walks a cutie patootie biker boy. His name is Fisher. Okay. Fisher Price. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what his last name is. Fisher the Hasher. (laughs) Is that something? That's what he is. That's his title. (laughs) Don't they call it Hasher? Hasher? Yeah, Yeah, he's a Hasher. I I don't know what a Hasher is, but that's that's what he is. I remember my friend who went to... She went to CU Boulder. They had a hasher. And I remember thinking it was like kind of a cute name. It made me think of hash browns. Mm-hmm. Okay. A hasher. Oh, this this is very helpful. A hasher. One who who or that which hashes. Mm, okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, it's a, a food service worker. Fisher the hasher. Fisher Price the hashling slasher walks in. And the girls are all like very pleased, including Rebecca. They are immediately smitten kittens and we get a sense that like this is gonna be a problem yeah <laughs> this, so- this might be a b plot <laughs> that is actually uh the girl who plays ashley what's her name amber amber's husband oh, oh my god yeah. wait did they says- meet on this episode yeah <gasps> i don't know if it was this episode but they meet through it's great. so cute yeah. oh my god uh, that's I mean, and also, like, a beautiful couple. Truly. Yeah, their chemistry. That's why their chemistry is, like, out of control. such good chemistry. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. What a delicious tidbit. Um, I know. It makes it better. So, Rebecca throws her fork down accidentally so she can do a bend and snap. Oh, wait. No, not so she can do a bend and snap. So, he can do a bend and snap. (laughs) Um, and all of the girls ogle at his butt, LOL. Rebecca is doing the most this episode when it comes, I mean, she is like lightly sexually harassing, I wouldn't even say lightly, she's sexually harassing him throughout this entire episode. Yeah, she, I mean, she's really burnt out from her position as mole at the Icky House, and she has kind of just like no filter left in her brain. None, none. She's going for it full throttle. She's gone rogue. So Dale and Rusty walk into their liberal arts class and Rusty is talking about how he's excited to not have any equations or labs in this class. And I was so excited to see Calvin is there too, the three amigos. Love this for the back half of the season, really looking forward to more of the trio. So Calvin kind of starts like moaning on about um, his roommate having a tickle fight and Rusty is distracted from his story because a very cute girl walks in and sits behind him. So I guess it is time for Rusty to ruin another girl's week. Life. Yeah. (laughs) So time to have yet another therapist work through whatever this man has done to her in however long she's exposed to him. Um, Jen K is still seeking counseling. I feel like she, this new girl who we don't know, we haven't met her yet, but she does kind of immediately give off a little bit of a Jen K vibe. Like she has like innocent blonde. Rusty has a type and it's (laughs) small petite blondes. 
the girl leans over. She sits behind them. It's like it's a lecture style hall. She sits behind Rusty and leans over and asks um, where to get this the, a syllabus. And class has commenced at this point. Rusty is like, oh my god, I'll get you one. So he gets up um, and he does not even just trip. He completely falls down all of the steps in front of everyone. Like unplugs the projector and it's just like, Rusty, what? Stop making everybody regret every move they make around you. Like, it's so hard to watch this man continue to exist in such an excruciating manner. Day after day, episode after episode, every turn, every stare, he stumbles. And then the scene ends, so at least there's an end to it. Now we're in Casey's Women in Politics class, and, I mean, who else would arrive but... Mr. Cappy himself. He's there because he's broadening his horizons. Or horizoning his broads. Yes. I wasn't sure. I was typing quickly and I wasn't sure if that is what he had said. But hearing you say that, so I didn't type it because I was like, yeah, I'm good to just not acknowledge that, even if it is what he yeah, said. That's what he said. He kind uh, of says it like about the teacher too. Yeah, well, yeah, he doesn't yeah. realize she's the teacher. And then Casey's like, that's the professor. And she comes over and is like, every semester, there's a male in my class who is taking this to broaden his horizons. And she's basically saying like, you're not going to last. And I have my eye on you. And Casey loves it. She is so pleased with this professor for calling him out. I loved it too. Also, Cappy runs into the class kind of late because he's coming from his Pilates class beforehand. Ooh. I missed that. Yeah, this professor is, she's like a famous actress, Janine Garofalo. Yeah, she was in um, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I love yeah. that movie. And Ratatouille. Who is she in Ratatouille? I'm not sure, but I just Googled her and it's one of her credits. I also Wait. saw her in a, a Broadway show once and she was really good. Wait, who is she in Ratatouille? Everybody has a French accent except for Remy and Linguini. Okay, taking a quick peek at her IMDb. Hold, please. What year did that come out? Like 2007, maybe? Okay. Oh my God, 2007. She wow. plays that Colette. was a great guess. That was a great guess. And how timely. She's Colette. Is that a big role? She's oh, yeah. Colette? I would have thought that she was a, that was a French woman. No, wow. it's her. Wow. And she's also in the, she voices Colette in the video game as well. If we have any games oh. out there. <laughs> I had it. I had the Wii Ratatouille game. <laughs> oh my God. And it only took me a day to like complete. And I remember being like really upset that it only took me a day. I was like, I needed more, I was craving more of this Ratatouille. <laughs> oh my gosh. Janine was having a big, like, early 2000s, like Ratatouille, Greek. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. All of this happening all at once. So, I can't get over that she's Colette. She does a great French accent. What wow. if she's been secretly just doing an American accent this whole time <sighs> and she is French. She's so talented. <laughs> she She's a really good dramatic actress too because I saw her in like this dramatic play when I first moved here and it was so good. Oh, wow. She can take it to the stage? Yes. Man. Oh my God. Do you think we could get her on? How many episodes is she in? We'll see. Yes. <laughs> I think just this one. 
but the class is going to go on the whole semester. (laughs) Now we're in the ZBZ kitchen and Rebecca and Betsy are like dressed somewhat seductively and they're eating strawberries in a sensual manner in front of Fisher. And he's just like, okay. And so then Ash walks in and Fisher is like, can I speak with you for a moment? And it takes like some convincing for Rebecca and Betsy to get out of the room. Um, and Ashley's like, I'm so sorry. You know, the girls are being like weird and they're a little lonely. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I have to tell you something. I did get fired from my last three sororities because the girls go crazy over me. They they stalk me and it just like really turns into a bad situation, which imagine in real life somebody like saying this. Can you I would like huge eye roll. And Ashley is zoning out as he's telling her this because she's just staring at his beautiful face. And so then she's like, you know what? I'll make sure the sisters don't bother you. Don't worry about it. I have it handled and Ashley is like really like we're seeing every episode like she's slowly stepping into like leadership roles and like actually taking on responsibilities of a president and she isn't as unsure of herself slowly but surely which we love to see love to see it she's doing a really good job despite you know getting lost dreamy eyes yeah but I mean she's only human I know she does get lost in his eyes and it makes it even cuter that they're like together in real life. I know it's so sweet. I love that. Rusty, Calvin and Dale are walking outside after (laughs) the liberal arts class and Calvin says that Rusty's fall was um, worse than when Fergie beat her pants on stage. (laughs) I don't even remember that happening. I remember it. Because I thought it was, like, very, like, wow. That's so rough. I vaguely remember. This is the most relatable that Rusty has ever been to me. Because he's like, I'm dropping the class. (laughs) And that is exactly what my reaction would be. I would never go back. I I would, even if that was, like, for my major, I would drop that class. I would be so full of shame. Yeah, one time I, like, did one embarrassing thing in front of somebody who I had a class with. And I did not go to that class for a month. (laughs) (laughs) and that is the proper reaction I would do the same thing and this is the one time I've been like yep rusty that's the right call I get it and you're fragile in college like you like to think you're not but you're like oh any turn is yes you still don't have a frontal lobe I mean like it's not fully developed yet you know any any hit to the ego is strong yeah the terrain is treacherous like the Taylor Swift song obviously about Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so the cute girl it runs up to Rusty um, and that now it's revealed that he has a bloody gash on his head. <laughs> the fall. Which is so much more, more embarrassing. Like he's legitimately injured, not just his ego. It was a bad fall. Like it was like yeah. he hit the deck. It was like half a story. <laughs> <laughs> his skull is like bleeding like it's it's in a place too that i would be like i you need to go get that check he needs bangs now <laughs> it, for those of you who don't know i got bangs this week <laughs> so she's making sure that he's okay um and she's giving beck from you oh she yes. does look like her yeah she, i actually thought it was her even her energy was like very Beck, but I, I, and you know what? Um, Shay Mitchell calls her Beckalicious, 
Uh, oh, timely. Andylicious, Beckalicious. Wow. The crossover. I need to revisit you season one because I forgot how much I loved the first season. I love that's like one of my favorite seasons of television. I was watching it on my flight home from Spain. I watched like nine episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was like my third or fourth time watching the season. It's so good. Okay, back to this. Um, so we find out she just transferred here. So I'm already groaning because Rusty is like looking at her like a ripe pear. He's ready to corrupt her in whatever weird ass way he has planned. Like in a non-corruptive corrupt way. Like it's just Rusty style. He's also just like very taken. He is, we have another smitten kitten on our hands. And I'm just like bracing myself for what he has in store for this poor girl who just wants to have a fun time her first semester at CRU. Well, because we know what happened the last time he had a crush on a girl in his class. Emma. Lest we forget. Oh no. Yeah. He, he has honestly Joe from you tendencies. (laughs) Mine is the murdering. But less well executed. (laughs) Yeah. Like worse execution (laughs) and I guess like less deadly, but still. I mean, we're only halfway through season two. (laughs) So Casey and Cappy are walking out of their class and she's saying like, I kind of a girl crush on the professor for putting you in your place. And Cappy, of course, loves the idea of Casey and the professor having crushes on each other or whatever. Max um, approaches them and they start making out, which I'm like, all right, I don't know about that. Like maybe a peck, but... Max is kind of a horn dog, I think. I legit forgot about Max. Like, I, like, he just, because he wasn't in the last (laughs) couple episodes, I, for some reason in my head, thought, like, oh, he's just not there anymore. But then when he came back, I was like, oh, yeah, they're still dating. No, I thought that, too, when, um, last episode when they were talking about Costas from, I almost said Secret Life of the Traveling Pants. (laughs) (laughs) Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I went back in my notes. I was like, wait, did they break (laughs) But no, he just hasn't been there. And we've been um, off the air for a bit. So kind of. True, true. So they're making out. um, And Max starts talking about cement compounds, which is what he's working on in his graduate program here at CRU, which like we also get the idea where it's like, "Mm, would you have been working on that in Stanford? That's where he was going, right? Stanford. Yeah. And you hear him complain about it later. So it's like very clear he's made the wrong decision professionally. Or wasn't it Caltech? Yeah. Sorry, Caltech. It was. Oh, okay. Same difference though. Like prestigious California school. Yeah. Yeah. They start walking away. They part ways with Cappy. And Cappy, again, like he's been doing, calls him a douche under his breath. And Max wigs. He hears it. And he's like did you just call me a douche? And Cappy is like trying to deny it. And he's like, no, you did. And you did it last time I saw you too. And they start like going at each other a little bit, just like verbally. And Casey breaks it up. Like it doesn't escalate, but I'll be honest. I wanted to see it escalate. Same. I was hoping it would escalate more. Would have liked that, but <laughs> we didn't get it. So they like agree, <laughs> agree to disagree on who may or may not have said or been called a douche i assume for sake of time so now later that night ashley is comforting casey because she is like told her about this situation um and she's like annoyed that her friend and her boyfriend were like 
did I miss the part where Cappy and Casey became like friends? Like I thought they were just like tolerating each other as ex lovers at this point with some residual sexual tension. But I guess like Casey's pretending that that's not the case as the person who usually has the new partner does. And Ashley's like, it's kind of just what boys do. And she's like, and that's like how they talk to each other. And then she (laughs) screams at an innocent passerbyer and calls him a douche. And the guy like gets obviously frightened and (laughs) like starts walking away faster. Like that's not really how men talk to each other, but okay. And then they see sitting on a bench. It's a quick, it's a quick pivot before that somehow Ashley weaves into the conversation because we have to know this. She says, I don't even know how she makes this jump, but she does mention at that point that they need to find three girls to give snap bids to by the end of the week. Right. Oh, right, right, right. So that is important. And then they see Mr. Cartwright sitting on a bench alone, looking up at the sky. I I can't. And he's like, I'm just appreciating the night. And then he's like, well, I met a girl. Um, And immediately Ashley and Casey are like, they hear she's a transfer. And they're like, oh my God, does she want a snap bid? And um, he's like, I don't know. Like he's not really loving this pivot. And Casey's like, you really should talk to her about this before Ashley calls you a douche. (laughs) And he agrees. Um, And so he's going to talk to, we find out her name is Jordan, but I feel we don't find this out until like a solid 32 minutes into the episode. I like, obviously I knew her name was Jordan, but I kept not writing it in the notes because we didn't know it yet. And then at one point I was like, okay, like they're literally alone together. I'm just going to start using her name. Like, I don't know. Does she ever even introduce herself? No, they eventually do because I was just writing cute girl. And yeah, then Jordan. I can't remember if she quickly says it when he, after the class, when she's like introducing herself. That's as a what I assumed and I just missed it. But no, I- she doesn't. Oh, Yeah. Ooh. I don't even really remember. I remember him saying Jordan maybe once this whole episode. So then we're in the KT house and the KTs are just chilling. Andy Licious rolls up and he has all these like ketchup and sauce packets. He scored in the KT fridge because he found them behind Beaver's socks, which why were they in the fridge? Ugh. That house is so disgusting. Oh, Then uh, Rusty's kind of talking about his crush. And yeah, once again, like he doesn't really say her name, but he's talking about how amazing she is. And Calvin and Calvin starts to encourage him. He's like, you should just ask her out. Like, why don't you just tell her? And Rusty quickly shuts him down and is like, that's what I would have done freshman year. But now I'm a sophomore and like, I'm going to play it cool he says freshman year Rusty would have just showed up at her dorm, but sophomore year Rusty is going to play it cool. Yeah, like I do think Rusty, it's good. Rusty's acknowledging he needs to tone it down, but like it's he, the way he's saying this is in a way that's like, no, like let her come to me type thing. And Andy is even saying like, you should just go for it. And Rusty's like, no, no, no. Like college is so different. Like, you have no idea. And then he even refers to him as, like, young Padawan. Which is... This guy. Yikes. <laughs> like, as though he is, like, some 
leader like as though he should be the one guiding a freshman <laughs> as if like we can't assume that Andy has way more game than Rusty even if he was five years younger literally Rusty you've had one ex-girlfriend who scammed you then you got crabs and then you stalk someone like what is this history you're talking about like having all this wealth of knowledge yeah it's it's ick and then we're in ZBZ house and Rebecca approaches Fisher, who's like cleaning some dishes and she's wearing like kind of like a frilly little night dress. She's like wearing a negligee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's like, I couldn't sleep. Leopard print. It's yeah. so ridiculous. And she's literally sexually harassing him. Like she's, she's like walking up to him and like kind of like brushing shoulders with him and is being really flirty. Yeah, she says, if I make the coffee, will you foam the milk? <laughs> oh, yeah, she does say that. <laughs> it's then, so egregious, too. It feels like one of those workplace harassment videos. Like, you know, you have to watch them for work and you're like, who would ever like be this blatant? And it's like, oh, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's she, on one. She's wilding out. She really is like it's this is really coming out of nowhere. Um, we've never really seen her like this. And then Ashley quickly comes in and she spots Fisher and Rebecca and she's like, hey, Fisher, your girlfriend just called. Uh, she did say she had another outbreak and uh, needs you to pick up more ointment for her. And Rebecca like quickly like she has like her hand on Fisher and just kind of drops it because she heard, you know, outbreak and ointment, which is, you know, two words you don't want to hear in someone you're pursuing. It's nice um, to have the show um, like continue the stigmatization of <laughs> STDs. Oh yeah, like how to be terrified of them and like yeah, and treat ostracized. people like less than who have it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. I feel like that was literally this whole era. Like, no wonder we grew up like terrified, literally STIs and STDs, as if you like you can't just get rid of most of them. Yeah, so. Then Ashley approaches Fisher and she's like, he's like kind of thanking her. And she's like, yeah, you have a girlfriend essentially who she made up named Vivian. And the way she's saying it is like kind of flirty to her or to him. She's basically kind of like saying like she's kind of schemed this up for him so that to keep everyone away. Yeah. And then Calvin enters his room and he's like trying not to look because his roommate Griffin is hooking up with either the same person or someone else. It's kind of hard to tell. And he like quickly goes in to grab his books and on his way out, like slams into the wall. Cause he- Oh wait, real quick. Sorry. Just to say this before we leave the kitchen. Um, did you mention that he tells Ashley for the record, he doesn't have a girlfriend or herpes? Oh no, I didn't mention that. Yeah. Cause he clearly is like kind of crushing on her now. Yes. And that line really seals the deal. Mm-hmm. Cause she's kind of like, okay. And yeah. So then we're, um, so Calvin quickly tries to run out of the room and he just like hits the wall. And honestly, like his roommate, I'm sorry, like sharing a room and hooking up with someone while like the, the thought that like they don't even notice Calvin walk in. It's gross. It's really gross. And Calvin's so distraught that he approaches Evan in kind of like the lobby area of the house, the foyer, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Evan's like quickly packing a bag and looks really disgruntled. 
And Calvin's like, hey, Evan, like, I know you're my big brother. Like, I wanted to ask you some advice. Like my, uh, you know, my roommate, it's constantly hooking up with people. And like, I can't, I haven't slept in two days. And Evan's like kind of just pushing him aside. And it's yeah, because like, he's like, maybe you can help me switch rooms since like we know Evan loves favoritism. Yeah. And Evan's Evan says, oh, it's probably too late for that. You should just buy some earplugs. And yeah. And I was like, is he still mad at him about like the bid for Andy? Like what's going on? He seems so distracted in this scene. Yeah. He's like. His mind is elsewhere, certainly. It's really unclear where he's going to. He's It looks like he's packing a bag. Yeah. But we don't know where he's going yet. Then Pappy and Max approach each other on campus and they just like kind of immediately start going at it again. They just hate each other. Yeah. Well, Max is like, I know what I heard. Like, even though I like walked away, like, I know you called me a douche. Oh, yeah. And this is the scene too, where he, Max has two coffees and one is for Casey, of course, but Happy kind of like says like oh well is it half calf he's like no and then Cappy says oh well that's what the kind Casey likes like they're Cappy's all of a sudden like feeling really competitive with Max yeah he like does not like that Casey is with this guy <laughs> yeah it's, it's like people can change their coffee order exactly maybe Casey's a full calf girl now yeah yeah so Casey approaches them and the guys start acting really weird and this is where, they, yeah, they start talking, like, in sync. Like, they're almost answering her as one. And Casey... Yeah, they're like, oh, like, Max is like, you need to get to class. And Cappy's like, we need to get to class. Yeah. So Casey, the interesting thing here is that she does end up leaving with Cappy because they are going to class. Yeah. Foreshadowing, potentially. We'll see. And then, okay, we're back in the art history class that Rusty, Calvin, and Dale are taking. The pro- the professor is, like, being pervy about the picture. Yeah, and the angle that this is, like, shot at is really weird. It's, like, a close-up of the professor's face as he's, like, really intensely looking at these, like, erotic historical paintings. Like Renaissance-type paintings. I would argue that they're, like, not even erotic. It's just, like, <laughs> naked, like, bathers or whatever they call Yeah, it. he's like, making them seem erotic. By the yeah, way, he's like... his head with a handkerchief because he's sweating. Yeah. yeah and Dale gross. is, like, really liking seeing these painted boobs. Yeah, and I think it's really, like, messing with Calvin's head because Calvin has been, like, seeing a lot of, like, heterosexual encounters that he wished he had never seen. <laughs> poor Cal Calvin is living in hetero hell truly and then this part okay so Jordan Jordan, yeah honestly same actually not really in New York but prior to me living in New York City I was also living in hetero hell basically Jordan shows up and she says sorry I'm late but she's literally missed class what does she have before this yeah she cannot get there on time that was so crazy like (laughs) don't even come yeah email him saying you're late is a stretch Jordan I know you're new but like how would it take you like literally an hour to get to find this building it was really weird she was late to the last class too which is why Rusty fell down the stairs like maybe you need to like switch up your schedule girl because when they're talking too, like at the end of the last class after he fell she's like oh my god my class is all the way on the other side of campus so it's clearly. like not that far. He's like, it's behind this building that we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And she look, looks really concerned by that. Yeah. She's <laughs> clearly like, oh, her schedule God. is just not, I don't know. 
working for her. So very back of her. And Seriously? so the, the teacher kind of like quickly shuts her down. He's like, you can look at the slides, but like, I can't help you beyond that. Like you missed class. But also like, what does she want for the professor to like give her class again? No, she said, do you have the lecture online? And he's like, no. What is this? 2020? Yeah, yeah. What is this? COVID times? What is this? Like, the, I feel like present day, like everything would be online, which is funny. Maybe. Wait, but not like, when we were in college and we were in no. college well after this. Yeah, like yeah. nothing was really online. If you missed it, like you were shit out of luck. Yeah, you couldn't watch it online. You got the notes from somebody or you just didn't. Yeah. And luckily Rusty overhears this and he's like, I took a lot of notes in the class. Like I can, like, we can go over it together and go through the slides together. Ridiculous. And Jordan's into it. Um, I think she's into it as like, thank you for helping me. I think she's like feeling it out. Yeah. He, I mean, Rusty's being really nice to her. And when he did trip over the thing earlier, she's like, it was so cool of you to do that for me. That's a fucking stretch. <laughs> So back in women's studies, it's the like women in politics class and or it's like gender in politics. I can't remember the exact name of it, but Cappy, the teacher asks the question and Cappy's the only one who knows the answer. It's like something. Yeah. Really, um, It's like a very basic question. It's like, what do these three women have in common? And he's like, they were all dealing with conflict resolution. But and everybody groans when he raises his hand and they're like surprised that he has the right answer. But then he ruins it immediately because he offers himself up as a studying or spooning partner. Yeah. And no, imagine someone volunteering that in your class. I mean, I would there vomit. Was, there was a time where I might have taken up an offer like that. Oh my God. Just kidding. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> so then Casey, she does say she could maybe take up the offer from Cappy. And he's like the spooning offer or the studying one. Because they're studying female conflict resolution. So you see Casey get like, a bright idea like yeah a light bulb goes off of your head oh yeah that's right because that was like the answer he knew and the conflict resolution it becomes very important to the plot yeah yeah like that's what the what they're discussing in that class and you see like the wheels are turning in her brain and then she says to Cappy maybe I'll take you up on that offer and he says spooning she goes no studying and doesn't the teacher also say, like, it's in the female nature to, like, want conflict resolution. Like, women are, like, the best resolvers of conflict. Yeah. Slay. Gender slay. <laughs> so um, then she calls someone on the phone who we can... Well, they guess. agree to meet at Dobbler's at two. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, studying and beer. I'm down. And then when he leaves, she calls somebody on the phone. Yeah, who we can... Oh, I thought it was pretty clear that she was calling Max. Well, I didn't know they were trying to... You assume, but I guess they don't say. It did. I wasn't... I I think when she called someone, I was like, okay, I think this is probably Max, but... It, at first, I thought she was actually just wanting to study with him, and Cappy is even kind of skeptical, too. He's like, you and I studying together? Because I guess in the past, I mean, we saw in earlier episodes them studying together was, like, them getting back together. Yeah. So then we're at Dobbler's, kind of like the lunch scene at Dobbler's, a daytime but, Dobbler's. And also I will say, though, the execution of the light bulb to like her putting all the pieces into places into place was maybe three seconds. Like she could have thought about this a little bit longer. Like it is sincerely like one shot of her being like, 
brain blast and then inviting Gabby, inviting Max. And it's like, why don't you pause and take stock of the situation? It's not her most well thought out scheme. No. Yeah, it does all happen really fast. Yeah, none of it marinates. The, the, the professor mentions conflict resolution and within like a matter of seconds, she has a conflict to resolve and she's like, okay, well now I know how to do it. And so at the daytime dobblers, Max is really, really excited about concrete and he's talking about gypsum and he kind of like is aware that he's boring Casey, but she's, she's being sweet. She's like, no, I love gypsum. And then Cappy shows up and he's like leaving Max and Max is like, uh, no, I'm not leaving. And then Casey does admit that she invited them both because she wants them to talk and, you know, resolve their conflict, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they both are just, like, really feeling like... It's like they can't let go of their egos. They're just, like, they're both right in this situation and they're not willing to even take a step back and talk about anything or really come up with any sort of resolution. And Max is just kind of like, you know, I'm over this. And Cappy's also over it. Cappy's like, I don't want to stick around either. So Casey's kind of left alone. And well, no, I think Cappy says, good luck with the air. Max gets up to leave and Cappy's like, good luck with your concrete. And Max goes, good luck with your extensive jewelry collection. That was so funny. I know because he has all of the like, he has all of those like early 2000s like bracelets and like, uh, he definitely like frequented Hot Topic. He's got like the chains and the, (laughs) some of them are just like bands that are like buckled around his wrist. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves too. He's like pissed at Casey. So he leaves too. Yeah. So Casey is left alone at Doppler's. But she also is like pushing for them to be friends. Like she's not even like pushing for them to just stop being rude to each other. She like is actively like, I think you guys could be friends. I want you to be friends. They're not going to be unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. She really sees like a blossoming friendship there that she thinks she needs to like make happen. Yeah. And I don't think they would be friends in just even a natural environment. Yeah. It's a stretch that Cappy and Rusty are friends. Like, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a lot of that has to do with Rusty's um, obsession with Cappy. Right. (laughs) So, Then we're in like a dark classroom and Rusty's helping Jordan. They're going through the slides and he's kind of like joking about each of them. And they're kind of like laughing and it's really flirty. Also though, I would be freaked out if this is what a guy meant by you can look at my notes. Like let's go to the lecture hall, (laughs) plug in the projector and I'll walk you through line by line the lecture. Like it's so extra and creepy. In the dark. In the dark. She's loving it. She needs friends. She is loving it. She's loving it. It's working on Jordan. Oh, yeah. She is really loving it. And she seems to be having an amazing time. I think she even says, I'm glad I missed class after all. Yeah. She said, I'm glad I missed class. This is better. (laughs) Oh, God. She's really feeding Rusty's ego here. He's so brilliant. He could be an art history professor. Oh, my God. And Rusty's like, can I ask you a question? And she goes, what, are you going to ask me out? And he like kind of shuts down and then is like, no, do you want to join a sorority? It's literally like he is Tom Cruise recruiting on set for Scientology. Yeah. it's. Have you ever thought about joining a sorority? 
It was so weird. Yeah, Rusty's so he's so caught up in this idea that he wants to play it cool that like I think in that moment had he asked her out, she would have said yes. Of course she said it. Said yes, basically. She basically asked him out. So yeah. Scientology recruiter over here. Oh my god, I hope I hope we, they don't come after us for saying that. We didn't say anything bad. True. We're admiring their recruiting tactics. It works. Exactly. So then Casey goes to Janine Garofalo, the professor, to ask for some advice on conflict resolution. And the way she's asking for her help is funny because the professor is like, are you trying to use like what I'm teaching in this class to just help with your social life? Which I think is a good application. Yeah, it's a good way her. to learn. Yeah, she shames her, but she's like, you know, I will help you because I also had a social life once. And then she kind of goes on the like men versus women train about how women want harmony. Men are more driven by ego, which we have seen in this episode. Mm-hmm. And she basically says like the men, like they need something to either gain from resolving said conflict or they'll just have like a physical altercation, like get them drunk and just bring them to a basement. Like that's the other alternative. Yeah. Very odd advice from a professional. <laughs> a professional conflict resolution ist. <laughs> And the conflict resolver. Yeah. Also, I don't really like the way they wrote Casey in this scene because at one point, I forget what the professor is saying. And then Casey kind of like chimes in and is like, and like spirit week. And they're making Casey not, I feel like they're not making her seem very smart here, but she is smart. Yeah, I agree. They like treat her as like kind of like a object here. Like just like a sorority bimbo yeah which as clearly she's not like we've seen much more of her okay so then um fisher is leaving for the day and they're kind of in like the entrance of the zbz house he's leaving his shift and he's thanking ashley again for the vivian rumor sparks are flying here they're making like really deep eye contact with each other calls her his superhero yeah he calls her his superhero and He's like about to ask her out or it seems like he's about to be like, want to grab a drink at Dobler's tonight or something like that. But then Betsy walks in with some other girls and like it totally throws off the vibe. And then she says something too about like his outbreak and yeah, like saving her from it. Yeah. And he Fisher just leaves and Ashley's kind of like starstruck. So then we're in Max's room. He's literally screaming at his professor over the phone about concrete. I don't know. Yeah, he's like fired up. Yeah. Max mad kind of like weirds me out. I don't know. Is that? I, I know. Agree. I agree. It kind of feels like rusty mad. No, it's like, I just don't really <laughs> like him angry. Like it freaks me out a little bit and I don't know why. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like it's like breaking what we know about his personality. Yeah, and it's almost like somebody like really trying hard to like stick up for themselves and doing it in a way that is like not that great. It's just giving ick. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely. I'm fully icked out on Max though, so that could be why too. And Casey walks in with like an ice cream, and she kind of comes in and like yells the flavor of the ice cream, and he kind of like immediately is like shh, and then weirdly like kind of stops having the conversation with the professor. 
almost as though they like he like can't have the conversation around Casey or something. It's kind of weird. And he hangs up the phone. Casey apologizes. And she's like, I really think, you know, she apologizes for the setup she had earlier at Doppler's. And she explains, you know, like how much Cappy means to her and how much Max means to her and like how much it, the whole thing would mean to her if he could just get along with Cappy and be friends with him. And Max is like, sure, like if it means that much to you, you know, I'll do it for you. And it's interesting that that is sort of the catalyst for him to say he loves her. Oh, yeah. Like, of course, like, if it, mean, if it means so, so much to you, I'll do it. Like, I love you. And then she's kind of, like, shook for a second and then says, I love you back. They're in love. And they kiss. And it's cute. And then he says, I love you again. Yeah. Yeah. And she asks him to come to the KT mixer with her because that's going to be where she's going to make them make up. So we're at the mixer and Ash and Casey walk in and Ashley's outfit. So cute. I love her hair like that. Did you see she had her hair in like a low bun? It was very cute. Yeah. Um, Her outfits like since her presidency have really been whole nother level. So Ashley and Casey are very surprised that KT actually looks kind of clean and like doesn't smell bad. And Max is with them and he goes off. Some guys are like sliding down the stairs or something. And he goes off to help them slide faster. And Ashley's like, Casey, it's fine. Like he's, he can handle himself and convinces her to walk away. And then we kind of go outside of the house and Beaver is wearing a very stylish sarong and Pickle is like, are you wearing a skirt? And then Beaver says, it's a sarong. And some random girl is like, I love it. <laughs> and then they get together. No, she says, I call that a so right. Um, and then Jordan shows up and Rusty runs over to her to introduce her to Casey. So I think this is where maybe we hear her name for the first time. I'm not sure. I think you're right. I think yeah. they, she must have said it earlier in the episode and they just cut that scene or something. Yeah. And she's really nervous because she, quote, doesn't usually make friends with girls. I hated this. With those, she says, with those type of girls or really any girls. She's this not like the, the other girls. Giant red flag with Jordan. And I don't want to, like, give anything away, but she really does come to be a full-on, quote, not like other girls girl. <laughs> God. I find me. her deeply annoying, but maybe that's just me. Isn't that what, like, isn't that what people call pick-me girls? Is that, like, is, yeah. she, is that pejorative? Should I not say that? No, she's a full pick-me. I mean, she is, like, the archetype of a pick-me girl, um, as we will come to find out. And Rusty is actually really nice about it. Like, he's giving her advice. He's like, no, there's a place for everybody. And, like, as long as you, you know, like, everyone will find, they just want to be your friend. Everybody will find their place. Like, it'll be great. They'll love you. So Casey and Ashley run over. They're very excited to talk to Jordan and they kind of like take her away from Rusty to go chat. I cannot imagine like Casey and Jordan from what we know of her like talking, but I don't know. Anyway, across the party, Rebecca and Cappy lock eyes and he comes up to her and he's like, oh, last time I saw you, you were a icky clone. And she was like, oh, I was just being a mole. And then she tells Cappy that her dad actually gave up his Senate seat. Yeah, that's the first we hear of that. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. I feel like, wouldn't you have heard about that on the news, perhaps? <laughs> I don't think Cappy watches the news. No, Just cartoons. Yeah. Um, so she's like, well, it's been four months, so we can officially be friends. And I'm, I love that. I hope they can be friends. I know. At the tiki bar outside, 
Cappy walks up to Max and Casey and he's just immediately like really mean to Max. He's like, you can't be here. You're not Greek. This is a Greek mixer. You're not allowed. Like, dude. So stupid. It's so dumb. Yeah. And Max is getting revved up again. Like him being angry is very unsettling to me. I don't, I don't know. I agree with that. It's, there's something really uncomfortable about it. It's like performative machismo. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. It just feels very unnatural for his character. So then Casey kind of pulls Cappy aside and she's like, listen, if I have to choose, I'm choosing my boyfriend. I don't want to have to choose, but like, if you put me in a situation where I have to make a decision, that's what it's going to be. And in one point in this conversation too, Cappy calls Casey woman. Like he's like a woman, blah, blah, blah. Like says something to her. And I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. Gross. Um, That's right up there with females. No, it's hand in hand. Uh, so she says, you know, if you care about me, you're going to make this work. And yeah. And rest- he's like, um, did Max give you an ultimatum? Like how Evan did. And she's like, no, I'm giving you guys an ultimatum. Exactly. Oh my God. They should go on that show. The Netflix show, the ultimatum. <gasps> oh my God. That show. <laughs> apparently they like, didn't tell the people on that show what the show was about. And they assigned them. Like, when they got there for, like, you're the person giving the ultimatum. You're the one who's receiving the ultimatum. Is that really how it went? Yes. Happy would be really good on reality TV. Oh, my God. Yeah. He would be a – he should go on Temptation Island and just be one of the boys in the house. Yeah. Or F-Boy. F-Boy Island. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or um, MILF Manor. Oh my god, that <laughs> show. I'm gonna be, I'll be watching MILF Manor. Oh yeah, I already looked up January 15th. <laughs> um, so Rusty is pounding jello shots because he's gonna work up the courage to go talk to Jordan. It's so gross. Really disgusting. This um, is stained red from the yeah. jello. Right. It's it's not a good look. Yeah, that's not like that's not what you want to go with to go make a great impression. So he's like, okay, it's time. And he goes to find her. He can't find her anywhere. He's looking around. And Jordan is macking on Andy Licious. Uh-huh. And his uh-huh. it's a full shot of Rusty with his red ringed mouth. Uh-huh. Just like so sad. I felt Rust. I like I just like felt the pain of Rusty here. Like, even though I'm not the biggest Rusty fan, it's still like I could like feel his hurt here. Could you? Yeah. Oh yeah, he wears it on his sleeve. On it his was literally the Robin face. song. It was like the Robin dancing on the yeah. song. Wait, what? You know, I the Robin song. I'm in the corner. Oh, I thought you said the ramen song. <laughs> oh my god! No. <laughs> so Lonely noodles. <laughs> Happy takes Max to the KT basement, and for a minute, it seems like they're gonna do what the professor says and like go have fisticuffs (laughs) but um but it looks empty when they get there yeah and then they cappy is like okay everybody like get out and then from every crevice of (laughs) like every even like nook and cranny of the couch it seems people are who are hooking up are leaving the basement and people hiding in there like listening to the people it's so gross yeah it's like a clown car yeah um and so he says to max like we got to figure out how we're going to bond 
And he says, well, maybe we could just fight. And Max is like, no. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You can't punch me anywhere below the waist. I'm still sore from Pilates. Pilates <laughs> I love the Pilates really journey for Cappy. I know. He's really like working on his core strength. Yeah. Cappy's like, well, I don't see you offering up any suggestions. And Max is like, because you never stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> Would be annoying. True. Um, so finally, Max is like thinking and he's like, there's just no way we're going to be friends. We got to try something else. And he... So- also says like look I know why you don't like me like Mm -hmm. Casey is the greatest girl that we both know and I'm the one that gets to bring her coffee and that probably sucks for you yeah he also says like he does also say like you know we're very different people like I'm quiet and I'm kind of awkward and I get it we just don't mesh yeah Yeah. which is again why I would say Casey why do you think that they can be friends literally the only thing they have in common is you I also don't think I would want that no uh, why would you want your if she wants to maybe she just wants to keep copy close well she i think she also has like ptsd from the way things went with like yeah. evan and Cappy. casey and her brother husbands Cappy and max so the two of them emerge from the house into the backyard and they have their arms around each other and they're laughing and they're like tousling each other's hair and they're giggling and they're, Casey's like, oh, what happened? And they're like, as soon as we got in a room together, we realized we just had a man crush on each other. It's so gross. Yeah. And Casey and Ashley are just kind of staring there, staring at them. And they're like, we're going to go get a beer. And they're kind of like punching each other. But like, you can tell it's a little bit harder than it needs to be. Yeah. And um, Ashley and Casey are just watching them. And Max and Happy look at each other and like, we, I think we pulled it off. Like, we, she believes it. And Casey and Ashley look at each other. And they're like, men are so stupid. But she says, like, well, you know, at least they're not fighting and, like, I don't need them to be friends right now. Just Yeah, like, that's good enough, honestly. Like, just don't fight in front of her. Exactly. Exactly. Or just, like, ignore each other and then when you're around me, say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Civil. So, oh my gosh. Rusty is very depressed. Back on the jello. Back on that red jello. Uh, Red dye number 40 or whatever it's called. Hitting the packet. And Jordan shows up and she's so excited. She's like, I'm getting this thing called a snap it. I don't know what that is, but like, I'm so excited about it. And she was like, I was so lost at CRU or at school before I met you. She's very appreciative. And Betsy comes up and she's like, you want to come see the house? And Jordan's goes and leaves with Betsy to go look at the ZBZ house. And as she leaves, Andy walks up and Andy's like, oh, it's a great party, man. Like, I love it here. He's like, I met an awesome chick. Did your girl end up coming? And Rusty's like, no. And then uh, as Andy's like, oh, that's too bad. Rusty goes, go get me a beer pledge. It was yeah. so weird. It's so gross. I and Andy Lucius is honestly, he's like, okay. Yeah. He's like he's not like, really phased by it. He's like loving being a pledge and is like high on making out. Yeah. And doesn't and even he, like clock that Rusty is like trying to be like. Mmm. He hasn't learned to read all the nuances of Rusty Cartwright and his emotional roller coaster that he's always on. Also, like, this is so annoying to me because. First of all, one, he didn't ask her out. She heated up. He didn't do it. And like, I'm sorry, Rusty. Is it so terrible that a 
nice young woman wants to be your friend still like god forbid anybody's in the friend zone like acting like it's so awful like you missed your chance but this woman is still being very nice to you still gonna be friends with you she thinks you're not interested because you didn't show interest yeah also like this would have been the optimal time the window to say to andy actually like the girl i was interested in is the girl you kissed tonight yeah but what would have even come of that? It's like um, I don't know, avoiding a situation later. Like I feel oh like yeah, I mean I guess say I something like say it then. You know what I mean? Or or forever hold your mm-hmm. forever uh, what it's called? What's it called? Hold your peace. <laughs> it's like skater boy. Yeah. Like sorry, yeah. sorry boy, but sorry girl, but you missed out. Yeah. <laughs> well, tough luck. That boy's mine now. We are more than just good friends, and this. <laughs> Is how the story, story ends. Yeah. So we can just tell Rusty's not going to handle this well and is going to take out that frustration on Andy. Not great. It looks and like And then happy. he curls up on the pool table next to more jello shots. And just starts so tipping them over. Ew. It's so gross. It's so infantile, too. At CBZ, Ashley is like in her PJs and she's eating ice cream. And Fisher comes in and he's like mopping and she's like, oh my gosh, you're here really late. He says, oh, I have an 8 a.m. I thought I would get my work done before then. And they kind of have like an awkward standoff. She's like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. And he's, he's like, okay, he tries to let her through, but then she goes that way and they kind of are like moving in sync. And as she's about to walk away, she's like, I don't want to be your superhero. <gasps> I want to hang up my cape. And she basically admits to liking him and says, Vivian called and she's dumping you. (laughs) (laughs) And they have a very hot makeout sesh in the kitchen. I wrote that it's the steamiest makeout sesh that we've had on this show so far, I think. And now knowing that they're married, it makes so much sense. Yeah, I know. I would love to know the timeline of like where they were at in their romance at this point. I wonder if we can find like an interview or something where they talk about it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure there's kids and everything. Like they're seeming. Yeah. I mean, maybe that interview will be children. our interview. Yeah. With love. A double. Um, oh, that would be so fun. Anyway, so that's great. At least Ashley. And also, like, I want Ashley to have her happy ending after God, what was his Travis. name? Oh yeah. She hasn't had a romantic interest since the honest monster and even that didn't work out. No. And that was like weirdly humiliating for her. Like we need her to have a W. Yeah. Especially because everybody wants Fisher. I love that everybody wants him and Ashley's going to get him. That's amazing. Same. So (laughs) Rusty shows up at the apartment and Dale is very excited to tell Rusty because in art class, there was this whole thing about like, someone being named genitalia and dale is very excited to tell rusty that on his christian social network they found 12 women named genitalia and calvin's there too because he's sleeping over yeah calvin's there and he goes no that's not what i wanted to tell rusty like i'm gonna be staying here rusty is that okay and rusty says yeah that's fine calvin's hoping his roommate tires himself out which i don't see that happening rusty is still very glum and he's eating one of Dale's concoctions, which is like a tuna casserole mixed with something else, some other kind of casserole. And But he also says he's like being so mopey and he goes, it's so easy for some guys. They just exist Ugh. and then they get the girl. And Dale goes, it's a gift. 
but heavy as the crown. I cackled. <laughs> he makes me laugh out loud more than like any character. Like he, that because he literally is acting like he fully thinks that he is like a ladies man, which I yeah. love. Also, Same. Rusty has gone like full incel by the yeah. end of the episode. He's just really moping. And then we see Calvin get a call and it seems very serious. He like goes over to the other side of the room and he's like, okay, yeah, I'll come now. Yeah, he's very like flustered. So this we seen. Oh my god, this, nothing so could have prepared me. Nothing. It's so dark. This Thomas, is- what were you saying? I was just gonna say immediately when he got that call, my mind was like, "It's Evan. It's mm. gotta be Evan." Yeah, yeah. Um, it's dark, and Helen pulls up to some like shady motel in his jeep. And we see Evan, hair flat as ever, getting into the car. And he just looks like, I don't know what he's taken. It's not, he hasn't just drunk an alcoholic. Something, the light is gone from this man's eyes. Out of sorts. He is not in his right mind. He gets into the car and he says like, Calvin's like, where is your car? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. It got stolen. The way he delivers these lines, like it's like he's moving through molasses. Like it's the weirdest, slowest kind of like it's scary realization. It's very scary. It's spooky. And it's not just any car, it's the yeah. Iron Man car. And Calvin goes, You lost the Iron Man car. He's like, Yeah. And Calvin's pressing him. He's like, You called the police. He's like, Yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll turn up. He's not concerned at all. And then this woman comes out of the motel, the same room, and she runs up and through the window hands Evan a duffel bag. And he says he'll call her tomorrow. Yes. He's like, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. And then she leaves and Calvin's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Or not Calvin, sorry. Evan says to Calvin, I don't know what I'm doing. Just drive. And like that, Calvin does. It was giving OC. It was. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was very dramatic for this show. Like, yeah, it definitely seemed like questionable circumstances under which he was meeting this woman. The duffel bag, like what's in the bag? I know. Who is this? What What motel are you at? This really came out of nowhere. This truly. I forgot about this too because I was saying last last episode like Evan is going down a dark path. I totally forgot that this happened. This is so bleak, so bleak. And Calvin and that, wrapping Calvin up in this like you're putting Calvin in danger, like going to this seedy place like in the yes. middle of the night. And poor, like poor Calvin. Calvin had a rough episode. Like, I, know. I know. Franny and. Evan's relationship has moved to a place of like fully just transactional. Yeah. Like there's no longer anything there. Yeah. They're like, a, they're like a married couple who it's He's just like. Basically her sugar daddy. Yeah. That he doesn't even like talking to. He's, the, <laughs> yeah. he's like the icky sugar daddy. He's, he's Joan sugar daddy. Yeah. He's just like the cash cow. Or the Ickies. It's so terrible. It's so dark. And it's really taking a toll on him, we can see. It's taking a toll on me. Uh, What a dark way to end, like, kind of an otherwise light episode. But I do feel like this episode sets so much up for, like, the rest of this season. Like, this is where we're getting all of the rest of the storylines for this season. 
I'm excited. Yeah. Like it wasn't like the most action packed, but I feel like we got so many little seedlings. So many details. It was Mm -hmm. juicy. Totally. Um, Winners? Winner, winner, winner. Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. It was honestly such a good episode for her. Superhero girl. Yeah. Clear cut winner. Came out on top. I'm so excited for her. Um, losers. Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> Rusty. Feels good to feels good to be back on the Rusty hate train. Hard, yeah. hard Rusty falling down the stairs, not advocating for yourself, being a victim of your own hubris. Yeah. All of the classic Rusty misspires. Yeah. He really pulled a rusty this episode. <laughs> yeah. The only reason it's not Evan for me is because we just didn't get enough of him. Like, we don't really know what's going on here. Yeah. I assume he's taking a big L, but we're not totally sure what's happening. I couldn't say Evan for the third week in a row. So that's really the only I feel kind of bad. for. I mean, I don't know what Evan's going through. I can't empathize with him, but I do sympathize with him. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for you because you seem distraught. Something is not right. Something's I mean, really wrong. Like, really, really wrong. I have a feeling the trust fund dried up. I don't know. That's just a prediction. I don't we'll think see. so. That would, he would have really had to blow through that. <laughs> then again, he's like funding an entire sorority house and like hiring me. I guess we'll, we'll have to see. And this is the man who was upset that he couldn't get married at 25 if he took the money. I know. Like, Sir, you're not getting married anytime soon. Where was Franny this episode? I she was you could tell she was absent. Her absence spoke louder than yeah. much of the dialogue. Maybe she was in the vineyard. Yeah, she that's what I mean. An icky trip. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this, on this fun, rock, rock down, down memory. memory.